Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Bjorn, this rental you've charted is great. Right up there with Glud and Fad's Holiday Botels. A huge pontoon with plenty of room for casting 360 degrees. And look at the power hooked onto the transom. Is that a 300-horse outboard? Fud, that's not just a 300-horse. That's the new Otscatwater 300-horsepower Galley Master. Otscatwater's newest four-stroke offering. A great motor for those who spend the whole day on the big lakes like Malax or Lake of the Woods. Quiet, powerful, 700 hours running time before its first servicing. Outstanding. You bet, Fud. But have you noticed anything else about the Galley Master? My goodness, Bjorn. What is that incredible aroma? You know how some of our buddies cook foil-wrapped meals on the engines of their snow machines? Boaters who run inboards can do the same thing. Put reasonable amounts of your favorite hot foods in a triple wrap of foil and place it on the inboard. Boat for hours, then voila! Dinner time. Hot food right off the engine. But Bjorn, this is an outboard. Right you are, Fud. But this is the Otscatwater Galley Master. Notice anything about the housing? I did think the cowling on this outboard seemed a little large. And what's with the handle on the front? Is that a small door? You might call it an oven door, Fud. The Galley Master has been built with enough room in the front of the cowling to take a moderately sized entree or three, as long as they're triple wrapped in foil. If you're ready to reel in for a while, Fud, we each have our own half rack of ribs and a Hasselback potato. I've even warmed some extra sauce for us. What won't those out scatwater engineers think of next? Bjorn, that's good eating. And good boating, Fud. Pass the napkins, please. Folks, do yourselves a favor. If you're a boater with a taste for speed as well as a taste for good food, the Ott Scatwater is the outboard for you. 300 horsepower and room enough in the cowling to prepare a hot meal for five. What more could you ask for? No need to come in when the bite is on, regardless of who's doing the biting. <laughs> the Ott Scatwater Galley Master 300, now available at all of your favorite boating shops and marinas. With the Galley Master, you really can fuel up and get cooking. From the glow of St. Paul's number one, welcome to another edition of Cabin Country. Give us the time and we'll take you out of the traffic and away from the levee. Let's find the place where the loons call out among the moonlit waves, where the wind sighs among the Norway pines. Pull up a dock chair, have a sip of your coffee, and get a line in the water. This is Cabin Country. Now here's Bjorn Lloydstead, and I'm Fudd Klugman with another Woodland Escape. Well, we are joined here by Twin Cities music legend, you know, John Munson. Um, in, 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 the, in the shadows of greatness here, your history, the, 
the music, it's still going on. I, this is not a past tense kind of situation. You're, you're more, I would say, active now and creative now than, than ever. And uh, knowing that history, it, it only makes sense that it, we ask you about this sauna you're building in your backyard. <laughs> Tell us all about your a sauna. sauna. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, uh, it's a great, it, it, COVID is a, it sucks. Yes. <laughs> and it's been terrible for, for musicians in so many ways. But right, right. Um, I, I don't know if you guys uh, follow Jeremy Messersmith on oh, Twitter. Yeah. He's like been uh, very busy baking cookies. Yeah. You see other people up to various this and that. And uh, I've always wanted to have my own private sauna in my yard right and this was the year this is it. you know it come late march i just started i got the lumber and i started building it out never have done a project like that before but it's been awesome and i'm nearly done i've, I've actually stoked the fire um uh three times now i'm kind of burning the paint off the stove i got a okay. stove up in tower minnesota from oh, yeah lampa stove works which is this finish outfit up there yeah. and it's this it's a sweet little about six by six by eight um sauna room little hot room and uh my family's super excited about it too so we're going to be Spending the winter uh, baking, baking our butts off. In Absolutely. There. Absolutely. Are you going to have a, like a, a cold water plunge pool outside, John? Or you... <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, I mean, it, it, you know how Minnesota is. It's like how how long are you going to be able to keep that thing open? Right. I, I thought about getting a horse trough or something like that, <laughs> and it, like uh, yeah. figuring out a way to keep it open with some kind of electric rod or something. Sure. I know they have something like that out in the mountains sometimes. You know, yeah. they'll have some arrangement like that but i haven't got that figured out yet i i, I guess for now we're just going to get hot right. we'll wait on that getting cold maybe well maybe there's always snow around. angels yeah. yeah snow angels in roll the yard the and then snow, I, yeah. you know people talk about that thing of going in the sauna and then rolling around in the snow have you ever done it i i have i i fe- i i well it was hot tub and then yeah. rolling around it i did i did the, the the wood burner at denord and then into frozen Burnside Lake. And, uh, going into going in through a hole in the ice is one thing, and I'll yeah. do that anytime. But sure. to me, you roll around in the snow. That snow is sharp. It yeah. hurts. <laughs> it is not nice. I don't like that. Ice, I'm not into yeah. pain. Not why I do saunas. Death by a thousand cuts. You realize those things really are crystals. You yeah. Know? Uh, yes. Yeah. Right. right. And the colder it gets, the 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 harder they are. Yeah. 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 So it's it's a wood burner then. You've got, yeah, uh, it's a wood. It's a wood burning uh, sauna. It's just a little, uh, you know, building kind of out in the side yard at my at my house, and it's yeah. you know remote from the house. And um, yeah, it's 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 awesome. It's a it's totally a dream come true. It really is. That was the first COVID project I got underway, and the other big COVID project for me was uh, the box of Trip Shakespeare tapes. It had yeah. been staring at me from the bookshelf for like <laughs> 30 years. Yeah. Literally all these live tapes. And a, a friend of mine was like, you know, you got to get those things archived. Use it, you know, go put them up on archive.org. And I started that process. And then my buddy Morgan Taylor said, dude, you can't take those things and just toss them into a dark, dingy corner of the internet. We have to create a shrine. And so he, he, he built out this whole website called TripShakespeare.net, and it, it features 
you know, new interviews with the band, a bunch of old live material, and a bunch of videotape that I did not even know existed. We kind of put a call out to people to send us, uh, you know, um, you know, home video style uh, recordings they'd made of us performing back in the 80s and early 90s. And uh, actually a fair bit of stuff showed up. It was kind of a different time, you know? It's not like everybody yeah. had a phone making recordings right. of, of their favorite show or whatever. It's like oh. you actually had to have a, a camera. They right? got, they got <laughs> a real I, camera. They got a little weird at club door entries as you came up with a video camera. They'd be like, what, right. wait a minute, yeah, what's no. this all about, man? Have you talked <laughs> they, to the band? They, you know, what are you doing? Take it, take it away and throw it in the trash. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, I, I swore I wasn't going to go down this road, and I'm really not. But I will tell you that that, that tripshakespeare.net is going to be all the rage with a lot of my college buddies who, who followed you all around the upper Midwest. You know, you had, and I'm sure you were aware, you had your, your trippers that just followed you oh, around. Oh, it was so fun. It was and, a very uh, fun time. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, the woman I married was, was part of that force, you know, like, oh, yeah, man, every time they were in the... I, did, I didn't cross state lines like a lot of the other guys did, but... Uh, that was that was a that was a date that went on the calendar every every show that could be could be made so that's cool to hear and uh what a great body of work well the sauna outstanding i i gotta ask so when john did you start realizing as a young man perhaps even before your garage punk days i really like being outside with my family this is when did when did the when did the john munson experience as an outdoorsy kind of person start i i played out doors a lot when I was a little boy um, and I, I loved um, building snow forts and um, I loved when the you know when the melt would happen in the early spring I loved we lived on a on a really steep hill and and so I loved building dams of the water that would come streaming down the gutters yeah. you know we yeah. built these dams out of, out of snow and stuff like that i loved sledding yeah and stuff like that we had a really steep hill across the street and um my birthday is december 13th in case you guys want to get me something nice oh, well, but we'll have to on, on a really hey, good I'm a 17, birthday so we're both sagittarius <laughs> right? right yeah, yeah. wow uh, wow well then maybe you can relate to this story because if it was a really good year there would be enough snow in the park across the street so that my birthday party would be a sledding party all right and right. Uh, and, and and uh and then I've got photos of myself with my dad and my, my sister and my brother and my mom up at Camp de Nord when I was probably three years old, which was okay. very early on in the camp's existence. And, um, you know, the outdoors is just, it, it presents an adventure, you know. It's a, there's an adventure around every corner. There's, like, critters that you can can capture and and interact with you know i mean up at camp de nord at that time there were that you'd have like um there were tons of turtles yeah and there were and also um frogs and you would have turtle races and frog races and stuff like that (laughs) yeah part of that that was like I mean, it, it seems kind of cruel in a, in, a, in a way now when I think back about it, but there were, there were so many of them. It was irresistible, you know. <laughs> you just go down to the creek and you could, um, you know, collect various stuff. And then also at Denord at that time, you'd take your trash and you'd take it to the dump out across the road. Yes. 
And the bears would come down the hill and they would eat the trash. Yep. And there'd be like a there'd be families of bears there and you could walk up there and watch them in the trash. And right. it's like they were no more than <laughs> no more than fifty feet away. And yeah, I remember wow. uh, being a you know, a five year old with my just my sister. Yeah. No mom, no dad, no oh, adult wow. anywhere, watching the bears <laughs> eating the trash and having a Bruin mock charge me. Oh, oh boy. Yes. And if, have you ever had the experience of a bear mock charging you? You don't know that it's mock charging you. Right. Especially if you're five. <laughs> and they, they make a sound, they growl, and they clap their jaws together, and a lot of foam is coming out of their mouth. And, and, and they make themselves large, and they kind of rush at you. And I turned, and I ran smack dab into an iron post holding the gate on that garbage dump and knocked myself practically clean out. I knocked myself to the ground. Oh my my God. God. And the bear, of course, just went back to its business. It's like, this one's too dumb to even bother with. By by, by (laughs) default, by default, John, you had done what they tell you to do. Either either go prone or get huge (laughs) and start banging pots and pans on R- your sister. How does whatever. a five-year-old get big, though? <laughs> you can't. Ah, oh, scare the you bear back. You know. <laughs> right, wow. right into an iron piling. Oh my goodness! Have gracious. you have you ever had any encounters with bears up there? You know, the funny thing is, I my my daughter and, and lovely wife and I went to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan this summer because it was just we're fighting that COVID thing. There's, yeah. you know, what are we going to do? And there was trips out to colleges, and these none of these things happened. It just wasn't safe, so we decided, well, we, it's just us, and we'll camp, and we'll drive up to the UP. It was the first time I've ever seen a bear in the wild. And, and, was that right? And, and it wasn't nearly as exciting as yours, John. I mean, we were driving through one of the last small towns in Wisconsin, a post office, a, a quick trip, and about 19 bars. And this adult black bear was just running down Main Street like, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll try the next bar. This one's closed. Right. I don't know. You know, and I was like... My God, Liv, I think it's a bear. She's like, Dad, it's a bear. I, was like, I just said that. You know, it was unbelievable. And then we ran over a turtle. So it was kind of a two for one. I, f- <laughs> I felt awful about the turtle. And then I was like, but I just saw a bear. Yeah. No, I've never seen, I, I've seen lots of uh, love notes from bears. Uh, there's uh, dune orders uh, like yourself and I will, will know the, the great crossing of the goat path as, as you kind of cross from, you know, uh, the main camp over towards pine point and there's there's a there's a private driveway that you try to just try to get across as quickly as you can but then you're back on the path to head over to pine point and there was a summer where it was just constantly a pile of bear scat right there like right in the middle of the path kind of like you you think you're getting away from me but i'm here you know and one of my colleagues who's a lifer at dunard too said yeah it's either either an adult you know Sour Bruin or the most antisocial camper we've ever met. I'm not sure which, but <laughs> one of the two. And I'm hoping it was the former, you know, but uh, yeah. hey, whatever. No, I have not. So I, uh, I know uh, Joe, um, the wolf man who's up there. Yeah, uh, Seelaga. Yeah, I think that's right. And he would, he would take people out to, to watch wolves. Here they are. And I think they had a few interactions with bears, too, where it was like, well, if we just stay here, stay quiet and at night, you know. And, and they would have the wolves come up very close to them. He'd even talk to them back and forth. He was good at, at doing wolf sounds. 
Oh, and, yeah. And uh, they would get within 10, 15 feet and kind of look around and then move off. And he'd just say, everybody be cool, you know. It'll be fine. Seeing a, and, seeing a wolf in the wild, that's darn rare. I've had that encounter a couple of times, too. Yeah. But it's always like, a whoa, did you see that? You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. like it's 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 almost like it's a shadow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's almost like a spiritual event. Kind of like, my gosh, we came close to, you know, something we're not supposed to see. You know, yeah, they, they're seen really if they want to be seen. And usually it they don't seems be like seen. they're kind of they're coming back, though. Now, I mean, I know they're they're talking about taking them off the uh, endangered species list or uh, taking off uh, protections for them. Right. And were these encounters, John, bears, wolves, is this all due nord? Is this, are these different? Uh... Uh, no, no, no. I've had encounters with, uh, I've had encounters with bears where I, where it was unplanned also. And, okay. Uh, and also, um, and the, and the, like I said, with the wolves, it was always very, it was just like, it, it, you'd see one crossing your, you know, crossing yeah. the trail out in front of you at a hundred feet or something sure. like that. Fleeting um, moments. If you're portaging sometimes, you know, or, and then you hear them, of course, which is always a thrill. Um, yeah, I, so I guess Denord began my um, interest in, in really wilderness camping. And I did do some uh, camping when I was in high school, but then... I really got more interested in it uh, about the time I was uh, in in college and just after college, and then I, I started to want to go on trips by myself. Sure. Um, and and I would go with a couple of buddies and okay. and make those kinds of buddy trips, you know, right. just tenting out and, and uh, camping out and and uh, portaging around a little bit, doing sure. some some nice trips but uh the the most intense trips that i think i've done where i've gone the farthest and spent the longest periods of time out mm -hmm. on the trail have been with my wife okay um and we've done some really nice long swings through the boundary waters okay yeah so it sounds like that's kind of your your focus is the boundary waters area yeah t it totally is i mean i just can't get up there enough right um, I like going to other places too. I, I like the mountains. I mm -hmm. don't necessarily feel that comfortable. Grizzly bears, I, uh, I find terrifying. Yeah, black bears. Reason. It's not like I'm comfortable with them, you know. But right. grizzly bears will tip pick you up and shake you. you yep. Throw you, yeah. throw oh, you around. Man. Yeah. What look? What do you got? Like the, the guy who wants the change out of your pocket, turn you upside down and shake yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. If, if you're lucky, so, that's where yeah, it stops. I, I want to go other places, but just uh, it's there's so much uh, of that north country that i haven't yet seen and I, and uh i just love it up i just love it up there so much and it just it just goes on and on and on it's amazing and i, I love the fact that it's been so well protected so well preserved i you know we were up there one summer when they did a, a controlled burn and uh that was several years ago now and you felt kind of bad about it but they were very clear that like you know there's so much standing balsam fir out in these woods that has just come up and they're beautiful trees and they smell so nice and everybody loves them around the holiday season. But, on, you know, uh, people were saying it's, it really is almost like nature's napalm. I mean, you, a lightning strike on some dry juniper or balsam fir and everything's going up. So they, you know, just getting that understory kind of back in check and it, they were watching it very closely, the DNR, everything. And it, but it was weird. I was in a kayak out on the north arm end of Burnside watching everything burn, you know, and there's just leaves right. floating down, <clears throat> excuse me, burning and 
paddling along and oh there's a chickadee that didn't quite like the smoke and <laughs> there's oh, a, no. you know bugs and birds and all this stuff and i thought oh i guess this is a, a negative side effect but it's got to be done and and then you'd go up for several years and and it's it's funny the road leading into camp you can see now you know all the way to the top of the the rock ridges and everything it, it was it was a, a good thing to do but at the time you, it was really strange i was just like i know this is under control but it just feels wrong but you know it's such a beautiful yeah, area of, I mean, yeah there's the under control things and then there's the outer out of control things like those the blowdowns that they're having up there now it's right. really pretty terrifying my, my, one of the first big trips um my wife and i did was after that first big blowdown remember that was over right around the fourth of july and yep, maybe yeah i don't know was it 99 or 2000 something like that Oh I my have... God! We we went in before we knew that there had been a storm, right? And nobody really knew quite how bad it was. We had right. heard that it was bad, and we saw we actually saw a canoe at an outfitter that had come in that was just shattered. It was oh, just wow. completely broken in half, pretty right. much. Right. And the and the the guy said, "Well, there's been some trees down and stuff up there in the area where you're going into, so just be careful." Right. And and then when we went in uh, up that trail, I think I'm trying we went up, up the kind of the temperance flowage up okay. towards yeah. Cherokee and some of that yeah. those lakes around there, and it was it had been blown up you could barely get through the trails the trails were completely were trees crisscrossing across the portages oh, wow. and and my wife had not done these trips much at that time and she was like whoa this is really m much more intense than I, I, I don't I know like, if i signed up no, for this it's not job. always it's not always like this it's not quite this bad but we kind of we kind of bored through it and the one, the one thing that was amazing about it is there was just nobody there. There, there was nobody there right. uh, to speak of, even on these very popular routes that we were on, and um, and it was cool. But in some places, it was really spooky. Yeah, because you would see a campsite that had just been devastated with huge trees down all over it, right. and you could you could tell that there that, that this was violence that had actually happened to people yeah. you know mm. you could you could feel that it had happened to somebody you know if, mm. if they lived through it they had some incredible stories to tell and ideally they all oh man i don't want to tell those stories oh man <laughs> I, would well, never, I get i get just so scared in my tent when there's a yeah. huge electrical storm breaking oh, yeah. Yeah. in yeah. the well, middle of the night you know it's I, just like Wow, this one is—it's this one is not skirting us. This is going to happen right now. My, you know? my daughter's daughter's friend was uh, out on two different widgee trips that were canoe shots into the BWCA, um, kind of early in the widgee experience. You do some canoe trips, and uh, both of them major electrical storms. And at one point, they were you know get up, get out of the tents, and get under the canoes, and a tree came down. On them. <laughs> and, oh man! And they in that second one. She was, I think I'm cured. I'm going to do backpacking trips in the mountains now. This is, yeah. this is for real. I mean, this is, and there's nowhere to go. I mean, if you're out there. No, no, there's, know. there's no, there's, I mean, I, you know, I, I will say this. The one lesson from that uh, experience of going up after that big blowdown. Yeah. I do look for a place of refuge now. Yeah. When I, I go to a campsite and they're frequently 
is a hiding place. You can find a place kind of cozied up next to a ridge sure. where if, if even if the trees did start coming down, you'd be protected. You're going to be okay. It's weird to, yeah. uh, to, to think like that, but especially if you're traveling with your family, you know what oh, I yeah. mean? It's yep. like good to have like an idea about if the kids get freaked out, where are we going to go? What right, are we going to do? Right. And you it's going to be okay. And they can see that. I mean, it's that, it's that voice of cabin country experience, John, you've, you've learned the, 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 the very critical things to keep kids happy. And that's, especially when they're young, that's pretty much the trip. It's like, are they okay? You know, are they, yeah. are they worried about what we're doing? Are they happy? You know? Right. And Safety. then you, you counter that with Northern lights and the starscape and, and just the beautiful water and everything. It's just amazing. Well, that yeah. kind of leads me into another question. You know, you as an outdoors type person, are you more a canoer, a kayaker? Are you the kind of person who's like, to heck with that. Let's get the skis out behind a powerboat. Are you big into fishing? Uh, I, I, you, you know? I like all the different kinds of things to do up uh, up north, actually. I, I, I guess I've kind of given up on water skiing. Yeah. I, I, you got to have a certain kind of boat to pull me out of the water. <laughs> I don't know enough guys. I, I, I've, I've got this buddy who's over in Shatek on Lake Shatek, and he's like, you come over, you come over. To, I've got a ski boat that'll get you up. You know, we'll yeah. be able to have some fun with that. So I might, I might do that again. I really do. I really do love water skiing actually. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I think that the primarily I'm a, a, a canoe camper. I like to okay. canoe and portage. Yeah. Um, and, and then um, I really love fishing Mm -hmm. um every spring for the last i don't know 15 years probably okay i do a early spring lake trout trip go into some of the lakes up the uh gunflint okay and uh and there's a a lot of nice lake trout uh lakes up there and and uh if you get in you guys probably know this but if you get in early enough Uh, lake trout, which normally are very much a deep water right, fish, right, right. are in very shallow water because the lake ha- hasn't turned over yet. Okay. Um, right. So the cold water is on top and the, so are the lake trout. Okay. And uh, they're super sensitive to temperature. And so you can you can fly fish for them. Oh, but wow. you can de- usually we're just casting spoons, but, you know, you're catching them like five feet of water. And, wow. and they're 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 great fighting fish especially if you get into a wild population of them right and uh and they're also great eating fish i think people think of lake trout as very fatty mm. and uh and and uh, kind of not not as flavorful as uh, as walleye or something like that but if you get into these these uh wild uh lake trout uh, populations they're they're not fatty they're just awesome they're just amazing fish to eat well, and, uh, and they're really fun to catch. Too. Yeah, perfect, really perfect cabin country question. I mean, what's what's your trophy lunker on Lake Trout, John? What was the big Kahuna that you pulled up? These are these these are not huge fish. They're they're probably you know they're these are probably the biggest one I ever caught was no more than ten pounds. That's still a pretty good fish. Yeah, yeah, it's an impressive fish from where I'm, from the stuff I've pulled out of the Gull River. That's you're doing well. I mean, that's right, a, right. <laughs> Yeah, I've never caught anything it, ten I mean, pounds on a gull river. Yeah, very, very fun, very fun fish to catch. And um, fighters, you're you know, saying. you can catch, and it's. I mean, uh, it, it's always fun to go smallmouth fishing up there. Right, and there are yeah. not a lot of size to them, um, yeah. 
you know, for the most part, I, right. at least the ones I've caught. But man, they're they're such a great fighting fish. They're so fun to so fun to catch. Uh, and that that that's the type of fish too that'll jump out of the water to let you know I'm on your line. You know, was, yeah. We yeah. had an experience. One went went skyward on me, and then promptly took a, an antique jitterbug lure and snapped my oh, line no. and took off with it. And I thought, grandpa's do I, do I dive in now? Do I just dive in? Yeah, oh, it was it was grandpa's lure. Yeah, yeah. And Fudd was sitting in the the ranger boat, going, I don't know, man. Maybe you shouldn't have been using an antique. And I thought, I I just got to know if I jump in. Do I grab the? the it was Bjorn Junior's rod, I think. From yeah, yeah. Fifteen years ago, it was it was, it was the, pulled it out of the closet. And the test on it was mighty old. It was it was not it was not my better moments, but. Uh, I got a fish story for you, though, if you want to hear a story oh, about a, a lunker. Yes. <laughs> because the lake trout, they just, I mean, they do get big, um, not in the bodies of water that I'm I'm fishing on. I'm not in those, I'm not in those giant lakes like Saginaga and stuff sure. like that where, yeah. where I'm fishing for them. More, the smaller lakes uh, up there. Um, but um, my wife and I uh, took a trip up to Lac La Croix, uh, a number of years back and i think we're in the Enamos river kind of winding our way up and i'm like this looks like northern water here it's mm, kind yeah. of shallow and the, and yeah. i'm thinking they're probably out sunning themselves and this oh, stuff yeah. i got like a little crank bait kind of rattler kind of thing i was okay. throwing out and and whipping whipping around and i got this giant freaking northern on the end of the <laughs> end of the thing yeah. and i'm and and you know we were we had the canoe was full you know right, it was right. we were going out for quite a number of days so it was like the packs were all stacked up and i wanted to go fishing but i didn't want a big fat pain in the butt fish like this <laughs> north. i could tell it's like right. this is going to be trouble this is going to be trouble i'm yeah, going to cut yeah. my hand or <laughs> yeah, get, yeah. Get the hook and the you'll, you know, he'll thrash and you'll you'll get the cook like yeah yeah and so i'm i'm like fighting this guy in and sure he's getting in close to the boat and he's diving under the canoe and i'm looking at him and i'm like this is like freaking some old war horse. He's got scars all over his back. And he's an old, experienced yeah. fish. And he was pissed. Journey. He was pissed off. He was like, you are not catching me. And sure enough, he got he got uh, up close to the boat. He made one more, one more dive. And he shook it. He shook the lure. Okay. And it was like, thanks freaking god and i i i i reeled i reeled up the the allure and i'm kind of like run my hand through my hair and the the lure is hanging up at the level of my packs yeah you know so it's out of the water by a good foot and a half two feet yeah at the height of the at the height of my packs that yeah. fish went out swam away from the swam away from the canoe it turned around and it struck at that lure <laughs> it came full i'm telling you this is no bullshit it came fully out of the stream and struck at that lure wow. hit it and hit the path and then fell back into the stream no bullshit that wow. happened it was like moby dick coming back around 
Unbelievable wow. story, but true. I'm telling you, true. Old man of Nina Moose tried to jump into your canoe as kind of a. He tried to jump, and if if the packs <laughs> hadn't been there, that fish would have been in the bottom of the canoe. He probably tried to take your right foot. Yeah, he was <laughs> mad. That. He must have been just mad for that. He was mad. He I'm going to get back at you. Fish, he Drawing awake. Yeah, here, here <laughs> he comes here comes guts. the Nautilus. Look at that thing. My God, <laughs> my God. You talked at one point about. Um, earlier conversation about about studying music and musicology in taiwan and you said well i've got a story but it's a little gross is it is it uh is it worthy of our time here family friendly wise or are we uh, uh family friendly <laughs> this, this story is actually it's, it's actually not family friendly but taiwan is an amazing place uh, the story i was going to tell you is, is a little bit uh it's a little coarse Oh. But I will tell you, I, <laughs> a little vulgar. <laughs> I went to the. I I did go and visit um, some amazing places in Taiwan, down um, outside of Taipei. Yeah. I visited a very kind of local hot springs. Okay. Where yeah. I was the only white guy there. Sure. And maybe the only white guy that had been there in quite a long time. Okay. And. Um, it, it was an amazing experience because it was just, it was people just uh, in a very kind of casual, there's no fee for use or anything like this, uh -huh. yeah. but there were kind of uh, boxes that were out there for people to use as lockers, very kind of casual locker mm -hmm. room. Sure. Yeah. And, and uh, so I went and I got into the hot tub um, of the hot spring and all the Chinese guys got out. They all <laughs> exited the water. Okay. And huh. and uh, then I got out. And then they emptied that tub, which was huge. <laughs> oh, they drained it completely. Yeah. And re and refilled it while wow. I was there. Wow. I mean, it was you know it was a, essentially a, a racist act. Right. You know, right. they they considered me to be uh, unclean. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, 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 but it was uh it was also it was kind of fascinating to experience yeah. that. Uh because yeah. it was just so it was so open. Yeah. You know, I mean there was no reason for them to hide it. There was no shame about it. It was just sure. like you're dirty and uh and you know, basically unwelcome. Okay. You hmm. know? Did they yeah. did they speak to you at all, or was it just sort of a you uh, got no, in? No, not and... really. They just kind of took care of this problem that right. I had gotten right. into the tub, <laughs> right. you know, and was was dirty <laughs> because I was I was white, you know, yeah, wasn't yeah. sufficiently wow. hygienic, you know. Okay, well, it's and ironic. It's, I I just heard uh, an old Who tune today, Odorono off the Who sellout. And, you know, it ends with. Uh, her deodorant didn't work. She should have used Odorono. Maybe that's the problem, John. They were like, we can smell him coming. I don't know. This big white guy coming in here. He, he smells like a rock and roll star. We're going to have to yeah, get out something. of here. They seem to have a drill. They had a drill. They yeah. knew what to do. Yeah. But oh. it, was a, it was a fascinating, it was a fascinating oh, yeah. experience just the same. And it was, and, and, you know, I mean, it was good for me to have had that experience yeah. in, in, in some ways. Yeah. Uh, because I think... Um, one of the things that I really noticed uh, in Taiwan was, generally speaking, towards white people, mm -hmm. uh, ex extreme deference okay. of, like, you basically, 
whatever stupid idea I had yeah. was a great idea. Yes. <laughs> Every yes. idea that I had was awesome. And, and they were just trying to make it super easy and fun and nice right. for me. Yeah. Um, and, but, but this was, this was a generalized experience. Yeah for white people in Taiwan is, is extreme deference. Okay. So this was like the, uh, this was another side of uh, the other side of that coin, right. which was like, we're, we're maybe deferential, but please get the hell out. of it. <laughs> it shouldn't be in this hot tub. I don't know what you think yeah. you're doing getting yeah. in this. hot. We yeah. had a, I had a couple trips to uh, Tokyo in, in my day. And in one of them, we stayed for about a week and I found the same thing. Uh, you know, I let them know I, I taught middle school, and I was immediately greeted by everybody as sensei, sensei. You know, and I was right. like, "Oh yeah, well, <laughs> I teach eighth grade middle school, sensei," and it was a big deal. And I was, yeah, everything I did, everything Martha did, it was just the coolest. Well, I, I will say this: I will, I will say this: uh, th- there's a there's a an abiding respect for education. Right. Uh, that I really appreciated. Yeah, uh, yeah. And there's also an abiding respect for art and mm-hmm, artists. Mm-hmm, and I yeah. was there as a visiting artist. Yeah. So, um, you know, that there was a real interest in what my ideas were. Yeah. You know, and uh, and that was kind of uh, that was a kind of a different experience because, you know, generally speaking, at, at, at rock and rollers or whatever, you yeah, know, yeah, um, you don't you don't necessarily aren't treated with that kind of uh, that sort of respect. And sure. certainly not in the U.S. I mean, in right. Europe somewhat, but not not yeah. in the U.S. for the most part. Yeah. You should have given them a few bars, a two wheeler, four wheeler and see how they responded yeah. to that one. Yeah. Check, check <laughs> this out. <laughs> This is they, exactly. They'd have loved it. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Two wheeler, four wheeler. I could move the boxes. Four wheeler, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. In the honey time. This seems like a good place to take a quick break. Hear a couple of words from some of our sponsors, but we will return with more wonderful stories from John Munson. Right. Oh, and uh, fill your coffee cup. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of anxious to hear the finale of what happens with Officer Torgerson in his pursuit of Jack the Ripper. Ah, yes. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Find a job in the town of Doomland. Mitt's Coffee has offered premium roasts of world-class coffee to the Upper Midwest for years. And as cold weather changes the tint of the Northwoods, Mitts offers you Laughing Goose Blend Dark Roast, a coffee that will shake the cobwebs loose and lift you into your day's events. Laughing Goose is the perfect mix of strength and taste, like the mighty bird that gave it its name. There is no problem or challenge you can't soar over after three or four mugs of Laughing Goose. The strong, rich flavor of a dark roast with the smooth drinkability of a medium blend. Strong, hot, straight from the pot. What more could you ask for on a crisp autumn morning? And of course, Mitz still offers its full range of coffee blends, including Morning Dove Early Morning Blend for those who need a milder start to the day, Yodeling Loon Espresso, our strongest blend for a potent cup, and Whistling Wood Duck Medium Roast for those who like to keep a full pot on all day long. Laughing Goose is yet another of the flavorful coffees offered by Mitz House of Fine Roasting. Mitz Coffee, the brew that flew with the Great Northwest. Mm-hmm. 
And now, the real adventures of the Cabin Country Outdoors Agency. Episode 4, Terror in the Channel. My cell phone buzzed as I triple-checked the cylinder of my 357. I'd been accused in past situations of bringing a knife to a gunfight. This time I was bringing a howitzer. I checked the phone. Pete Ward. He told me he'd gotten out in the boat as soon as I'd left. He had a live well full of yellow bullheads that were feisty, alive, and ready for his live box. He even had one that was losing blood due to an embedded hook. Blood in the water. That would add to the lure for Jack the Ripper. I told Pete that after he'd filled his live box, his next job was to grab some weighted channel markers and head to the bed and downriver from his place. This would serve as the start of what I was calling the crime scene. Pete would deter boaters from entering the scene. I'd called into the agency and asked that any free agent be dispatched to the Gull River in a small craft with more markers to prevent boaters from entering the area from the other side. Agent Mike Mac McKinney was available and ready to help. He texted back that he'd be near the railroad bridge. He'd have the markers set and a bullhorn with him in the John boat. He'd take the vessel that had a 20-horse Merc on the back, enough power to give somewhat of a pursuit if any pleasure boaters or anglers decided to run the blockade. If I had my way, this wouldn't take all that long. Pete's neighbors had all mentioned seeing the Ripper's head surface near docks and live boxes repeatedly over the last 48 hours. Jack had found a spot he liked. Pete's fresh haul of lively bullheads might be too much to resist. I sat in a lawn chair overseeing the dock and had to pull off my coffee. Pete had put the catch in the live box around 10 a.m. It was now around 3 p.m. Several mugs of coffee and several checks of the phone showed that the blockade crew was getting restless. Mac was fine. He was sitting tight and doing a bit of bass fishing while he turned the occasional boat around. Pete Ward was now less content. The texts kept coming. When can we call this? Nothing yet? No sign of Jack? I reassured him that agency work could take a while. A killer like Jack worked on his own schedule, not ours. Pete knew as much, but he was taking some flack from afternoon boaters. Apparently this 200-yard stretch of the gull had become the most important now that boaters didn't have access to it. I began to realize that it had been five hours and I was relying on some good-natured help from a volunteer. I texted Pete and told him to bring it in. Pull up the markers, head home. Captain wouldn't like this, but we'd be on to day two of trying to stop the Ripper. It couldn't be helped. I heard the growl of Pete's nine-horse outboard as I saw the 16-foot make a wide sweep around the bend. Curiously enough, in the mid-afternoon shadows, I also saw a long, oblong shape that appeared to be causing a slight surface commotion. I knew that shape. That shape that was headed for Pete Ward's dock. A quick text to Pete caused the 16-foot fishing boat to slow to a stop. The shadow drew within 20 feet of the dock. A second quick text to Mac. The Ripper is here. No boats allowed. Keep him back. I slowly got to my feet and exhaled with purpose as I raised the 357. Focus. This required focus. Slow, rhythmic breathing. A large shadow slowly came near the live box. The bullheads inside knew what was up and began to thrash in the live box. I swear that turtle drew a slight wake as he came into the shallows. I gulped. I'd heard the stories, but there he was. The shell must have been three feet across. Massive. And hungry. I watched the mauler's beak begin to snap wires that seemed too thick to break. It was happening. Jack was a machine. He dismantled that side panel like a trained demolition worker. It was amazing. My cell buzzed again and I snapped out of my reverie. Shooting towards a river or a lake is basically forbidden. 
This was different. The water was clear of boats. No neighbors appeared on the opposite shore. I drew a bead on the shell near the neck. I slowly exhaled with purpose. With a final squint through my polarized lenses, I began to squeeze the trigger. The gun's report sounded like artillery as it broke the silence. There was a geyser-like spray, and I swear I heard a thud. I moved the sights slightly to the right, aiming now at the broad expanse of shell. Boom! Boom! Two rapid-fire shots to the body. I lowered the weapon and started running towards the dock steps. There was blood in the water. It wasn't from the live box. I began scanning the dock for an oar or a gaff hook, something I could use to haul Jack's body in and land it. A tremendous splash redirected my gaze. There was now a real wake as an oblong shadow seemed to wobble out of sight beneath the water. I raised my gun again as I heard Pete Ward's yell. Got him, Torgy. Three slugs from a pistol. No snapper can take that. I tended to agree, but I couldn't produce a body. I understood refraction. I know my abilities with a pistol as tested at the range. I didn't miss the ripper. He took three of my best. Took three and kicked off for lower depths. Still alive, apparently. I shook my head in a mixture of disbelief and incredulous respect. He took a broadside, Pete, and then he went deep. This is a good-sized handgun. There aren't too many creatures that could handle that amount of lead at this range and limp away, much less swim away. Uh, Hold the phone there a minute, Torgy. Pete Ward fished in the water near his live box with a landing net. He brought up a large piece of a snapping turtle's carapace. My guess would be upper and side shell from over the right front leg. It was grisly, and if I had my best guess, it would ultimately prove fatal to Jack. It didn't matter how huge and ancient that beast was, he couldn't survive three blasts from a 357. After strapping the holster over my pistol, I helped Pete land his sea maid, texted Mac to put to shore and head back to the agency, and I shook off the adrenaline hangover from what had just transpired. I had a quick word with Pete. Pete, I think you've seen the last of Jack. I swear he took one to the neck and at least two relieved him of part of his shell. There was blood in the water as he dove. Rebuild that box and build it strong. My guess is you won't have trouble with the Ripper again. A good day's work, Torgy, and a good day's shooting. Say, by the way, it looks like one of your shots busted the framing on the dock. You see it over there at the, the L section at the end? Yeah, there's a, there's a chuck missing in the frame near the water. You see it? Good old Pete. Always trying to figure out how to get something for nothing. I told Ward to contact Captain Martinez if he was serious, and I thanked him again for his volunteer work on the water. Maybe that would score him some agency-fronted dock repair. With a last clearing breath and a shake of my neck and shoulders, I got back in the truck and turned it over. Let's hope that was the last of Jack. I filled my coffee mug and looked at Captain Martinez as he thanked me for a good three days' work. As far as we could tell, that was the end of Jack the Ripper. The word was already out at the gas stations and the tackle shops. Kids at cabins and resorts were fearlessly jumping off floating docks all around the region. Anglers rejoiced. A new day had dawned. When you told me you were going to bring out the heavy artillery, Torgy, I did a double-take. I know you, Torgy, and that gave me the green light on this thing. I knew you'd have the river clear, and I knew your aim was true. You're sure you hit him, right? No ricochets, Skip. To me, that means hits. You know what the exit wound of a 357 slug looks like? I can't believe Jack survived my salvo. Well, let's assume the Ripper dove and then met his end in the deep channel of the gull. We'll save that hunk of turtle shell as our proof when the rumors start. Let's not kid ourselves, Dorgy, no body, no proof. The rumor mill will start to turn. You know the locals. And I know my pistol. I know my abilities. With a heavy carapace like that, Jack wouldn't float to the surface. He'd sink like a stone and meet his end on the river bottoms. No, Skip. 
Now Jack is down there at the bottom with his old pals, the bullheads, in the eel pot. Well, you know what that means for me, right, Torgy? What's that, Skip? Now you've got nothing to fear when you help me take my dock out this fall. <laughs> Skip. Join us for the next exciting episode of Real Adventures of the Cabin Country Outdoors Agency, right here on Cabin Country. This is a work of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events or locales or persons, living or dead, is entirely coincidental. So, you do have a long history here of being in the great outdoors and cabin country, and we couldn't be more appreciative of that. What is one thing, John, that you would consider an absolute non-negotiable when you go out into the wilds? What do you have to have with you? It's the one thing. It's an absolute has to come with John Munson. It's, it's a camping trip. This has to be with me. Well, definitely coffee. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yes. Yes, without a doubt. The stronger, um, the better. You know what? I'll tell you. I, I think I did learn this uh, because I did a solo trip this fall. And I think I learned something, mm-hmm. which is that the thing that I want to have with me on my camping trip is a is a companion. Okay. Yeah. I want to always, I like to have a companion, somebody that I can somebody that I can ha- share the experience with. I think right. that's, and, and there's a, a number of great camping companions that I've had over the years. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I, I, I really thought I wanted to do this solo trip. Yeah. I was really excited to do it. I was very set on doing it. Mm-hmm. And after this last trip, I was like, I never need to do that again. That's not <laughs> right. the, that's not the critical component for me. Isn't the solitude, Right. I can get as much solitude as I want with the right companion, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, but um, the thing that I really want is I want the moment at the end of the day to sit and look into the fire with a good companion by my side who knows mm-hmm. when to speak and when not to speak. Right, right. A good, good friend of mine is was. Uh, an aficionado of the the solo jaunts in the boundary waters and and loved it lived for it and it was it was you know his kids are kind of grown up now and and the whole bit and he he did one a while back and i remember him telling me about it two things a yeah the companion was missing you couldn't share experiences through conversation that was missing and then on top of that it was about 45 degrees and raining (laughs) <laughs> and uh, he started. He started realizing, and he's 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 trained in mountain rescue, so he's he's uh, knows what he's talking about when he said, "Man, I was starting to, you know, I wrapped up and got in my tent and realized it's night one here, and I'm I'm kind of losing feeling in my hands and my feet, and it, it this isn't all it was cracked up to be. You know, it might be better if I was with people. And, uh, or and, uh, uh, yeah, I mean it's by that that the, the boundary waters are amazing, but they can chase you out of there too. Oh, yeah, I've, I've yeah. been chased off. I've been chased off the lakes by weather, uh, with people and without people. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the last trip that I did up there was similar. It was like 
Okay, my sleeping bag is sufficiently warm that I know I'm not going to become hypothermic. Yeah. Uh, but um, is that really... Is that a peak experience? Just knowing that I'm not going to freeze <laughs> to death. I'm freeze to death I'm tonight. Just not, <laughs> yeah, it's windy, and it's it's not the experience that I was hoping to have. Right, you know, right. I well, want I, I want that. Per, I want a person. But if we're talking about a thing that I yeah. like to have with me, actual piece of equipment. The coffee is huge. Coffee, a good camp coffee pot is is immeasurable. But it, it, it's 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 crucial. It's that's it's the whole reason. That it's it's why we get out of the tent. And that's, that's right. That's right. Um, that's right. You know, uh, my my Winona canoe. I think that's really the that's the that's the shit for me. That's yeah. what makes it yeah. all possible. Okay. That's like the deal for me. I just okay. got to have that canoe because it makes it possible to go far mm-hmm. and to get a lot done in a day. I just love that canoe so much. When the, it was the first thing I bought when uh, when a check came from the record company. Okay. When it was mm-hmm. like we actually we we actually made a few bucks. Yeah. So it was like 1990. You know, it was probably 1997 or 98, okay. something like that. It yeah. was like I've got like a little bit of disposable income for once yeah. in my freaking life. <laughs> I'm gonna get a Winona canoe. And I, I, yeah. I've, I've still have that canoe, and I love that canoe. Yeah. I'm having to put do repairs and stuff on it now. Okay. The got the wooden gunnels have kind of rotted out on it because I stored it poorly one year. But sure, um, sure. Um, it's it's uh, that's that's my that's my little baby. That's my yeah. kind of that's my passport. Well, and I'll show my naivete here with canoes and Winona. Are we talking a Woody? Is this a, a no, it's fiberglass? A, it, no, is no, it's Kevlar. A, it's, a, it's a Kevlar canoe. Oh, it's yeah, a, yeah, It's yeah. the Minnesota Two Kevlar canoe. It's just yeah. like it's it's the way that I can. It's the way that I can get down the portage trails with ease, you know, right, and, right. and comfort. Lightweight. Right. Yeah, yeah very lightweight. Well, my yeah. son and daughter both talked about those those widgy trips, and and if you were, a you were lucky enough to take out one of the old woodies. That was that was kind of an, a mark of honor. Right. And on top right. of that, and, and the, I know I know those things. I've I've got a canoe that I'm uh, rebuilding actually, which oh, is a thin old wooden canvas one. Yeah. And I'm I'm very excited about the day that I'm to get to paddle paddle it around, but I'm not very excited about the day I take it down the trail. <laughs> well, that's just it. Yeah. Very but, heavy. I mean, they both said, "Man, those things—they—they they gain weight as you canoe. You know, they're soaking up the water. They're, they're right. which makes it even better. But oh boy, getting that on your shoulders and then trying to—you know—my son at the time was like 13 and probably weighed 110 pounds, soaking wet, and he's trying to single heft that thing onto his shoulders and and uh, actually came That's home a job. with a well, he came home with a real beautiful egg on on his shin from going down on one of those rocky." you know, portage trails and then a knot on his head where one end of that canoe kind of slid back and just brained him, you know, he's like, oh, and his, his, his fellow trip mates were like, are you okay? Oh man, we'll take it next time. He's like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, dad, I was seeing stars, man. There were like two of everything, but I couldn't let him know, you know, like, yeah. it's okay. Be, be comfortable in your skin and you don't have to, you don't have to be the macho man savage here. You know, it's totally all right. I've got one last here that I think might Unless you thought of something. I feel like I'm totally... Oh, no, that's all right. Well, I was going to bring it back to uh, why you, you know, choose to live in 
Minnesota. Here's you know, that's a good question. A guy yeah. who's met with a lot of the success. Uh, L'Etoile de Nord. What is it? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, uh, obviously, um, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not always the climate. Yeah. Although <laughs> I, I really do. I really do love um, experiencing four seasons. I yeah. really do. I don't. Yeah. I don't like. Uh, I don't like falling on the ice. Right. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. always necessarily love uh, shoveling, but I, I love the sound of snow uh, creaking underneath my boots. Mm-hmm. I love, uh, I love being able to go cross country skiing out the back door. Sure. Um, and uh, you know, I don't always love the mosquitoes. Um, you know, in the summertime, but I, I do love being able to, to go up and like lay on my back in a lake and in and, and the cold lake and the silence yep. And, yep. and watch the northern lights. Absolutely. Um, Minnesota is an amazing, amazing place. And uh, it, it aligns uh, for me in just a, a lot of different ways. I, I, I feel like there's something about the people here that I that I really resonate with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I feel like there's a sincerity about uh, about people here and a little bit of a goofiness about sure. people here. We, we did a we did a show uh, with uh, Joel, where Joel Hodgson came and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, he came out and, and uh, played the theme song to Mystery Science Theater 3000 yeah. Yeah. with Charlie Erickson who had, yep. who originated the song right. and um, and he was talking about Mystery Science Theater 3000 he said you know the show was such a such a a weird success and it couldn't have happened anywhere but here it never would have <laughs> caught fire anyplace else right you know what i mean yeah. and i think i feel like that's true of a lot of the different musical enterprises and yeah. things that i've been involved with in my life sure. is that they i don't know that they would have necessarily been a success in in uh, other places but there's like something about the people here that um, nurtured me as an artist and nurtured a lot of uh, of interesting art. And um, it's not like I need to be here to to connect with that, but it just I just that's me. I, it, yeah. this is this place is me. it's it's who I am. I, I've, right. I've considered living in other places. There's certainly beautiful many, many beautiful places that I've been that I've loved, but I I always, after traveling to those places, I always loved coming back home here. Right. And this right. is home for me. Right. So why do you leave home? I don't know. I didn't ever want to badly enough. Sure. You tapped into your love for the place with with some of your songwriting. I mean, uh, you know, Fudd, you were listening to Snow Day again today and kind of going, oh, oh yeah. yeah, man. I mean, you can't. This is just, you know the penultimate piece and 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 uh yeah it's, it's that, homage that's a, that's to the a state real minnesota experience that yeah. you know matt matt wilson wrote that song gave it to me to sing which was an incredible gift um yeah. and uh and yeah that's a you that's a i mean it's not like it only happens in minnesota but it definitely happens here oh, man, and, man. and that's a thing people yeah. here really understand it's coming Your business on the ground It's 
coming down Slow day for the teacher And her wheels are spinning now you grew up as a kid in Minnesota. I mean, it's sadly now, I'm a, I mean, public educator, and we've just decided now with distance learning and everything we're doing, well, snow days are a thing of the past, because now you know how to teach from home. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, man, and I'm starting to hear the piano start in and the bass line, and like, well, we can still remember <laughs> through music, you know, the wonders of it's yeah. flashing yeah. across the bottom of the TV screen, man. Your district has been canceled, you know? Like, yeah. what a, what, yeah, we'll what a see, gift. We'll see what happens. I, yeah. I, I keep wondering what the lessons are that we learned from this. Oh, man, it's going to be don't think I don't think one of the lessons that we learn is going to be that kids need to only be educated remotely. I don't think so. Right. No. I don't think so. <laughs> we just sent a bunch of them home, man, and they were doing so well in person. You know, I mean, that you can't that human connection like you said you know what do you want on that trip on, you know in the boundary waters a good companion and that's every walk of the human experience you know we got to be we're, we're social animals we got to be with oh people. yeah it's it's uh, it's 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 so crucial i mean uh, yeah. in in this world of streaming performances and things right. like that too right. it's uh, right. it's very it's it's heartbreaking for me i i i see these streaming performances and i'm just like it makes me weep with what I'm missing, you know, yeah, which yeah. is that everybody around me seeing that happen, you know. Right. Well, and feeding off a live crowd that's just totally into it's got to be a, a missed, you know, quotient that is just like, man. Oh, yes, for, for the performer, but for even more so, I think, for the audience. Audience, member, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I keep getting the band is in town updates of like, hey, this band's streaming and this band's streaming. I'm so sick of being on computers right now. I'm like, <laughs> right, yeah, I don't care. Hard to sit down <laughs> I've got Spotify. Get... I don't care. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I want to see them and I'd like to kick into the help them, you know. I mean, what a loss of revenue and everything to just be kind of crass commercial for a second, but. But it's a real deal. I mean, it's just it's so many oh, yeah. people it's, it's, have been it's so brutal. It's so brutal. harshly affected by this. Now you, you love the the North Star State, the land of ten thousand plus lakes. You've lived here your whole life. It's home to you. And, and I'm not asking for song titles from your past, but what do you just in the body of music that's just out there, that massive library compendium of all the songs ever written? What two songs seem to sum up Minnesota for you? They don't have to be yours, obviously. It's a, you know, I mean, that that would be cool, too. But it's uh, everybody's got their Minnesota songs. Are there a couple where you're like, yeah, that kind of that kind of says it, you know, about. Well, I mean, I guess I'll speak a little bit to my past that I I I think music for boys is something uh, which is by the suburbs. There's something about that song that feels quintessentially minnesotan to me because of that <laughs> yeah. the whole nutty kind of like right camp yeah. life uh trains are coming <laughs> yeah it's uh it, he's really i feel like chan really really nailed that yeah. um yeah and let's see i mean i really it, it's maybe strikes strikes anybody as a little bit hokum but skyway i feel like is is sure. a yeah. is a quintessentially oh, minnesota it's a real minnesota yeah that's a i mean that's a people say skyway they think of it as a metaphor and it's like no that's a real thing yeah, that's weird. yeah. <laughs> it's like the habit trails over the over Absolutely. the roads it's Absolutely. So cold it's it's funny you, you hit, hit the replacements in the sub I, for me the soundtrack of my junior and senior year in high school was credit in heaven that was that was 
that was it. You know, it was like, wow, that two album set was like. I just love that too. Oh God, it's unbelievable. And then everything Trip Shakespeare, you know, Semi Sonic, such cool stuff. You know. And oh, so, thank you so much. Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, to, to be in the mix with uh with the, those artists uh, is a, a thrill. I, I I don't mean to dis disparage Gordon Lightfoot, but I'm really glad you didn't say the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, one one other song and artist that I love that comes to mind, too, is the song Uptown by Prince. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, because it, it I, I do feel like um, Chan and uh, Paul both wrote songs about what was, and Prince wrote a song about what he dreamed the city could be, what the experience right. of being in, in the in Minneapolis could be. I sure. really do feel like that's his vision was it was a different different kind of artist, you know, but right. his vision right. was was maybe even bigger than Chance and Paul's. That was a great all the shows were wonderful, the the, the holiday specials with the new standards, but but the how you ended the one with the big blowout controversy. That was a ton of fun. You know, that was a fun, that was very fun to play. uh, I won't lie the the, I was a massive Bowie fan and still am always will be. And when you had Gary Lewis come out and play Starman, I was like, man, I I think I'm going to start crying right here in the middle of this road. (laughs) My wife's going to be embarrassed or, or pat me on the back. I'm not sure. What a great, what a great (laughs) night. I mean, and and Messersmith doing the piece from uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And it was just such a, I mean, they've, they've all been wonderful shows, but those really stand out to me. It was so cool. Like everyone's and, got their favorites. It's, oh, it's, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, uh, breaking our hearts not to do yeah. that show this year. It's, oh. it, it was, we really gave it the old college try and then it just, we just couldn't figure out a way to do it and, and honor what the, the tradition of the show basically, right, right. you know, uh, Keeping and without, safe. Yeah, exactly. That was the most kind of crucial component. It was like, how are we going to keep our our musicians safe? Right. Right. I will tell you this: I, um, the new standards have made an amazing holiday show album. Okay. Oh, excellent. And so, if you want to direct people to our website, it's going to yeah. be up for sale there. I would really encourage people to get it because it's it's amazing. It's great yeah. stuff. At Christmas time next year. We could sit here and talk music with you all night long. We're both music fanatics, the whole piece. And uh, But bring her back to cabin country. You love camping. You've, you've bestowed that love upon your, your kids. You've done, I'm guessing, a fair piece of outdoors time with, with the whole family. Um, what is the Munson family favorite fireside campsite dinner? What is it that you have? It, what's, it's, it's kind of okay, got to well, happen. Not, now, my wife... Penny has, uh, she is a master trail chef. Okay. Unbelievable. Wow. She's an amazing cook every right. night. Every yeah. single night of my sure. life is yeah. a, is is like a feast. And oh, it, wow. it, 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 honestly, she's, she's amazing. It's uh, been awesome to be the recipient of her gifts in the kitchen. But on the trail, she's equally as good. Wow. And uh, this last 
trips that we did up into the Boundary Waters this summer, she has perfected um, making kind of flat breads. So she she makes like a naan, like Indian naan, and mm-hmm. these kind of curry Absolutely. dishes. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like chapati naan, and then the last trip that we did, she made pizza. Okay. And made wow. kind of like she kind of like got the an oven going in the fire grate out on an island in the middle of the boundary wow. waters, wow. and we had pizzas that were like something you'd get at punch or something wow like yeah that. lola <laughs> it was something, amazing yeah. so for me i guess you know speaking of companions i don't want to go on the trail without <laughs> companions. That's, that's the magic ingredient for making right. the trips work for right. me right uh and now no trip will ever I, it, any long trip is going to include pizza for sure because yeah. oh, it's yeah. just amazing i'll bet to have pizza on the trail I'll bet. and oh, i know wow. a lot of grinders are out there they're like what are you doing not just having <laughs> Chef Boyardee noodles? Why would you weigh yourself down with all that crap? Right, you right. Know? But she's got it dialed, man. The food yeah. pack, it's like, it's never that heavy. She always, she only brings exactly what she needs, you know? And to make these flatbreads and stuff, basically it's just yeah. flour and water, you know? Right, So it's, right. it's awesome. That's impressive. How to eat well on the trail with as few ingredients as needed and yet still magic happens. And you don't have to like, you hear those horror stories out of Minogen and Widgie of like, well, the bears and weather took all our gear. And so it was just days of lard mixed with brown sugar. You know, <laughs> and uh, thank God that's not the case, right? You're, whatever you're, was left, whatever the bear didn't yeah, want. Exactly. <laughs> I think I'm eating a deodorant. I'm not sure. <laughs> Mouthwatering. <laughs> wow. It's, but at least it's filling. Yeah. And incredibly drying. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. We, we always have to ask this last question of every guest because uh, Fudd and I are both uh, kind of the outliers in our families. As, as the, in my family, I'm the only one. And Fudd, I think in yours, you're the only one. Yeah, we're actually uh, part of that like three percent from the great state of Minnesota that doesn't actually like s'mores. Where where are you at, John, with s'mores? And, it's, <laughs> and there's there's no wrong answer. I mean, you you. It's got to be the right time. Yeah, I'm mm. not I'm not I'm not like looking forward to s'mores night. That's not like right. the, that's right. not the reason yeah. to go for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, 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 it you know just kind of you know kind of lost my interest in like just super sweet stuff yeah. that is just like. Yeah. It's the sweetest. <laughs> I love seeing my kids eat them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. And being around uh, the fire and but, socializing. Uh, got, I, yeah. I probably have one a year. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually gotten to the point where at our favorite location for s'mores night, I'll bring down my six string and just start playing music. And people will say, hey, I made you a s'more. We're going to share. Some, it's Here you go. Oh, and I'm like, now. hey, thank you so much. But, you know, this guild, I just can't get the, no. You know, <laughs> thank you so much. But I just, yeah, you know, I want to be around the people. And you enjoy the molten chocolate and the scorched. I, I don't know, man. You know, I mean, I, I get it. And people love them. And I totally understand it. I'm actually the guy that, like, steals a Hershey bar and just kind of mouths on the thing while nobody's looking. And then. See, now, you steal the Hershey bar and I'll steal the graham cracker. There we go. Uh Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, hey, John, thank you so much for what a wonderful interview. I mean, you you covered so many great things and and a a consummate storyteller. 
and took time out of your night and uh, we oh, really we really my appreciate pleasure, it. guys i really enjoyed appreciate it and Bud, your, absolutely your wonderful host appreciate it man <laughs> appreciate it and uh you know i mean the website maybe we'll throw up a picture too of like there's the rock god himself back in the days of the long hair with the you know Maybe they're doing I, the, I, the slacks. Let's, let, Nobody let's knows. Not you know? for, let's not forget those moments. Oh yeah, it was it was key. The the brothers Wilson with the, the necklaces swinging around and the whole bit. And I got to tell you, as a, as a as an aficionado and with one of the the old Shakespeare fanatics, I, I would sail every every Memorial Day in the in the apostles with a group of teachers. And uh, one of the guys I teach with actively followed you guys around. <laughs> Right. I mean, wherever you were playing, he and his crew from St. Thomas and the U, they were all there. And at one point, I had thrown, I just had a bunch of mixes, the great days of mixed CDs, you know. Mixed tapes are right. sadly gone now, so we're doing mixed CDs, and now it's just playlists, of course. But I I had, uh, yeah, I had uh, Late on there, and you were doing some of that great Munson falsetto, you know. <laughs> and and he, he, he was at the wheel and just went kind of comatose for a second. And we got a big gust of wind, and you hit the end of it. And and he just shouted, "John Munson, ladies and gentlemen!" And everybody started clapping. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh my god, it was it was perfect. Oh, it was perfect. awesome. So, excellent. That is that's sweet to think of oh, that man. singing out over the. Apostle oh yeah, Island. we were that's cranking sweet. the Harmon Carden speakers, you know, out over the apostles. There was. <laughs> late yeah awesome awesome that's funny that really is one for the aficionados you know that's not like (laughs) that's not tool master brainerd we don't get calling out for late too often i'd have have always been the guy yelling vines let's hear vines because again you get to showcase those booming pipes beautiful stuff but uh, Uh, hey we'll let you back to your night and thank you so much for joining us on cabin country john it was outstanding thanks a lot really appreciate it Well, we'd like to thank again John Munson for a wonderful show tonight, Fudd. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Great, great great interviews. And uh, we'd also like to offer our thanks again to John Munson, the musician. Uh, All music used tonight on this episode of Cabin Country was green-lighted by the musician himself. We got the permission of John to go ahead and use some of that great music. We really appreciate it. We'd also like to thank Chan Poling for the use of the Suburbs song, Music for Boys. And Joel Hodgson for the Mystery Science Theater 3000 theme by Charlie Erickson. And we strongly encourage you to check out the New Standards. You can find them easily online or on their website, thenewstandards.com, and see clips of their shows, including the holiday show. Amazing stuff. And if you like old, familiar rock tunes reinterpreted by a jazz trio, you'll really like their stuff. So I encourage you to check it out. So with that, I think it's time to bring things to a close. Looking forward to our next episode. So we'll have plenty of coffee for you and an extra dock chair. So please join us and we'll just listen again for that shutting cabin door. Shutting of the screen door. We'll see you next time on Cabin Country.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.